In a world of problematic news and media, solutions to problems often get omitted from stories. But that's about to change. Welcome to the Urban Solutionist Podcast with Kenneth the Phenomenal Hawk Massey, who discusses and presents rational solutions for negative narratives that happen in today's pop culture. Urban Solutionist, your source for closure and peace of mind. Now, here's your host, Kenneth the Phenomenal Hawk Massey. How are you? What's up? What's up? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are right now listening to this podcast. I hope you are in good spirits. If not, I'm going to spread some great, wonderful energy to you right now. Energy, 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 good energy is all yours. Welcome to the Urban Solutionist Podcast. I am your host, Kenneth, the Phenomenal Hawk Massey. And today we are talking about domestic plagues. And I termed that statement based on um, a lot of things that are plaguing our society. But before I get there, let me first um, thank you all for tuning in again. And those of you who are returning, thank you for um, supporting the podcast. I see you all out there. I've gotten some great feedback that I am humbled by. And I really appreciate those who've given me the feedback on the show with about the sound quality and, and about um, me explaining me are giving the solutions to these hot topics that are being presented to us in our country. Um, thank you very, very, very much. And I, and also, for those who are new, thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm going to give you a background on myself just in case you did not listen to episode number one. Um, I am Kenneth the Phenomenal Hawk Massey, and I am a producer. I am a graduate from Full Sail University with a cert in media communications. I am also a graduate of the Los Angeles Film and Recording School with an Associates of Science degree in audio production. I am a father. I am in a committed relationship. I am a proud black American um, and my political views. I am an independent. You can go back to episode one or you can go on Google and type in Kenneth the Phenomenal Hawk Massey. And there you will learn some more about my background. Um, you, you can see my bio there on my website, thephenomenalhawk.com as well. Um, like I said in the last show, before I start anything, I want to acknowledge God, the one who has allowed me to do this podcast at this time, who has given me the means 
to be able to do the thing that I enjoy doing. So I will all in every show that I start, I want to acknowledge God and I want to pray and I want to pray over the listeners. too. I want to pray over you uh, while you're listening and, you know, just allowing God to cover us as I present to you and as you listen to the listen to my presentation. So let's start this prayer off. Father God, thank you for allowing us to come together once again. All of those who are under the sound of my voice, I ask you to cover them, Lord, with your protection. Protect their hearts and their minds and their family, in their homes, in their vehicles, wherever they are right now on their job. Father God, I ask you to send your mightiest angels upon them. God, I ask you to allow them to have perfect discernment while listening to me or listening to any other information, whether they see it on social media or wherever they get their news from. Father God, I ask you to give us all um, discernment. Father God, I ask you to guide my tongue as I give this presentation to your people, Father God. I ask you to give me the mind and the discernment to have an understanding about the things that I am speaking and presenting to the world to give them solutions and not just them, even utilize me to give me a solution because these problems that I am seeking affect me as well. And I also would like to have these solutions and apply them to my life as well. So Father God, thank you for being present. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for being present in our lives at this moment. In your son Jesus name, I pray and we pray. All right. And after prayers, I also like to do affirmations. And how that goes is I speak positive affirmations to you. And as I'm speaking them to you, I'm, I'm also um, benefiting from this as well. But um, I've learned that speaking positive affirmations, I've, I've learned the power of the tongue and, and I've learned the power of speaking life to people, you know, and how powerful words are. So I want to use this power that I learned with the affirmations and I want to affirm to you that you are great. You are strong. You are mighty. You are capable of establishing yourself wherever you want to establish yourself at and whatever you want to establish yourself in. You are smart and intelligent. You are wise enough to find solutions to your problems. You are blessed. You are whole and complete. You are imperfectly perfect. I think that's a, yeah, you, you're perfect. You are a, a, a perfect imperfection 
you are um, wise. I probably have said that already, but these are the affirmation that has come to my mind currently right now. And I affirm those things to you. And I hope that helps start with it. All right. So after all of that, and before we get into the show, I do have a special announcement and I, it's a public announcement, a public service announcement to make. And I want to make it on my platform um, because I think it's going to be important for me and for you all to know the direction I'm going in my career. So in, now that I'm sitting here about to present this announcement, it's like, oh man, I'm actually really doing this. Um, I was a, I, I, I known, started off in the entertainment industry as a rapper and in the uh, recording arts. And that was one of my goals was to be in the um, rap industry and to, you know, write songs, you know, basically rapping was my main driving platform that I wanted. And I've did that. Um, I've, I've done a few projects that I am proud of, and you can look online and see those as well. And, you know, and I've been rapping for, I mean, I think maybe 15 years and writing songs and producing um, instrumentals. And I've been doing that for a long time. And I have come to the conclusion that I am ready to retire from rappings. So, that is my announcement. You are hearing it here first. In spite of all the type of content that I have put out in my past, and if you've heard it before, I am officially retiring from rapping and from um, recording myself or me being the artist and, you know, in recording arts. This is my retirement. Um, and this is the choice that I'm making and, and I thank all of those who have supported me on my, in my career and who have, um, been inspired by the, um, rapping and the music part of me. I thank you all for all of that support. I thank you all for believing in me and believing that I can um, the things that I can achieve in it and still was like, well, that's what he wants to do, you know, go for it and, and allow me to perform at the places that I've performed. Um, thank all of those people who um, invested in me with their time and they bought the records that I produce. Thank, thank you for that. Thank you for family members who, um, believed in my um, dream and saw where I wanted to go and just thank you for being there during my rap career and and 
I am very proud of what I have accomplished in my rap career. It may not have been exactly how I envisioned to be, but it happened. And I have consciously made that decision, even being a millennial and being in the beginning stages of when rap became a thing, um, you know, I am grateful, but now this is my time to retire. And as I'm doing this now, after the education I've received, um, you know, being in media like I am now and being in production of audio, I like it. I, I, I found a, a, I guess, a, a new, not, not a new hobby, but a, I found something that really resonates with me and that can still, that where I can still um, display my emotions and get my feelings out at the same, at the same time and still be creative. And this Urban Solutions podcast is doing that for me. And that's why I even also I thank God for giving, you know, giving me the mindset to do this. So I've officially retired from rapping and recording arts. And you all are great. All right. Let's 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 get to the solutionist part of the podcast. The name of the podcast is Domestic Plays. And, and it's all fun and games until you or someone you know gets hurt. And, you know, I got, let me hold on and let me get these, these articles. And the first plague, the thing that I think is plaguing us now are viruses and there has you know the major one that I think has impacted the world since I've been living is COVID and COVID impacted us a whole lot it completely halted the world. It seemed as though everybody was going to die. <laughs> I know that's being a little dramatic, but to me, it was like, oh my goodness, this is really traumatizing. I think that event in our lives was a very traumatic event. That's why I'm even calling it domestic plagues because it's like it affected us all and in ways that we're still getting the residual effects after that. Like I, people are trying to make it as though everything is okay but to me, we ain't okay. You know, we're still dealing with this thing the best way we can. There are lives that has passed on, people who have died, millions of people. And I don't think we need to forget about what happened. I had a concern that um, a lot of 
people were going to revert back to their old ways and old habits after this pandemic. And I felt as though we got this pandemic, got in that pandemic to learn something and to learn how to be. Well, what I've learned is how people were able to come together and appreciate one another more, especially appreciate their family and and appreciate being um, less active, being still, being in one place. Um, Because before the pandemic, it seemed like it was a huge rush of busy, 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 gotta make, gotta make, gotta make, gotta get, get, consume, 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 consume. And it was so much that people were all about the mighty, mighty dollar. And they're still, well, okay, I'm not even gonna go there yet. But that's where I saw the pandemic as, although those people have, have, who have died, you know, and that, that still should be alarming to not forget what happened. And then those people who did experience COVID, I myself experienced being positive from COVID and it's not fun. It's very scary. And and those of you you who did not experience it, you is count it as a blessing to not have experienced an illness of that magnitude and just to even have experienced that illness that's something that i wouldn't want to wish on anyone and there are preventative there were preventative measures put in place based on that pandemic now, the first headline I want to present to you when, I, when it comes to this is uh, about what the CDC had did, what was that, a couple of weeks ago. Um, let me see what, when was this? August 11th. And I am reading to you from the Washington Post. And all of my sources are going to be in the description of this podcast. I pride myself on making sure all the information that I look at, I I give you all sources. So if you want to look at them yourself, you can look in the description box. But it says CDC loosens coronavirus guidance, um, signaling strategy, strategic shift. Now, this loosen of the restriction to me is coming at a strange time you know it's that this time is really not ideal for me and, and it's not ideal for me because currently there is another virus that plagues this is like trying to plague plague us again and that virus is called monkeypox and this monkeypox virus is getting um, it's getting news. P- 
people have heard about this virus in since it started in May. And that's May 18th. That's when it really um, got headline news about this monkeypox. So since May, it's three months ago. What we should have learned from the pandemic, how long did it take in the pandemic for people to start taking coronavirus seriously? And, and, and it looks like if you look at the CDC website, and I'll have that there um, on the website, on, on, the, on the description as well, same pattern, because I pride myself on looking at patterns, the same pattern of coronavirus hit in three months time, four months time, this virus started to spike. Now, what I've heard happen differently is they have these vaccines for this monkeypox. Now, before I get to that um, part right here, where, where it really took a turn for me about this monkeypox, at first they were stating that this monkeypox virus was plaguing the gay community, um, men. And these were the people that who were contracting monkeypox. And, you know, it's, I mean, that's what the reports were. But last week, um, I was watching YouTube and I do a lot of research on YouTube because YouTube, it just, it has full of information, but, um, and I got this other headline and I'm going to put it in the description box as well. And it's from Newsweek and it says Georgia woman with monkeypox says she did nothing sexual to contract virus. And this lady was on YouTube and they warned the viewer that this was going to, this was going to be graphic when you see her. And I didn't know what to expect from it. For one, I was just like, okay, let's see what's going on. Once they say it's going to be graphic, I'm like, okay, what are they about to show? And they showed this lady and her face was full of these pox on her face. They were like, um, you know, they were bumps all over her face and on her wrist. And she, let me see, let me read more. Um, okay. And it's the first in the beginning of the news week, you can read it yourself. She it says a Georgia woman who caught monkeypox while working as a cashier has said she did not she did not do anything sexual to contract it. Um, she was working at a gas station, and she contracted this monkeypox. Now that's alerting to me, and who, whether who cares or not. The woman was is is an African American woman, 
who got on this um who who's this news spread about in Atlanta. Well, it's in Georgia. I'm not gonna say Atlanta. I don't think it was Atlanta. But yeah, that when I saw it, it was like, oh my goodness, I have to say something about this because if we pay attention to what happened before and with COVID, we can do better with this one and be more preventative than we were before. Now, some of the measures that um, the CDC or well, not the CDC, but the, um, the, the government and those who are in health are trying to take is telling us to take these vaccines for this monkeypox. I'm here to tell you that, which I didn't know it, but this, these, you need two of the vaccines for it to actually start working. And it don't, it don't start working until uh, this after the second one. So you get the first vaccine, it takes a month, and then you get the second one. It's not protecting you until you get that one. So you get the first one, you still can contract this um, virus. And in saying that, there should be some more preventative measures taken. I'm going to also um, present to you all the confirmed cases. Now, they have not updated the cases. Maybe when you hear this podcast, they may have updated it. But I was checking on the 17th. Uh, no, on the 18th. I checked on the 18th of August, the amount of cases. And the amount of cases to, to that date, and that was on a Thursday. Friday, did, they did not update how much how much it has either went up or has it slowed down, which was very concerning to me because it's like, okay, well, Monday, if it does something crazy, then you all just really need to be aware of what's happening. But as of um, Thursday of August 18th, there has been 14,000, over 14,000 cases reported. And, you know, that's in a three months time, that's concerning because COVID did the same, had the same pattern. And mind you, this is just in the United States. This virus is all over the world. It's not just secluded to us in the United States of America. It's all over the world. So there's, I think, if you look further, as I glanced um, over, I think we had in worldly 50, over 50,000 cases. Now, this is a virus that this woman was like, you can just touch somebody and you can contract this virus. They can, uh, 
any of their saliva or anything spit you know how people be talking they spit, you, you could catch possibly catch it that way contracted now this is what she was saying because she's reporting that she was not being sexual at all and this was not a man this was a woman so um they haven't gotten i i haven't investigated more of who else is contracted this disease but i did get alerted that uh, even last week i guess it was it was Wednesday, August 17th. I think that's August 17th. It says, so this is BBC News. Um, not only are they affecting not just gay men, but they're affecting women as well. And they haven't investigated whether or not it's affecting, have anybody else just contracted this just by touch? or wherever they picked it up off of a desk or something. But it says uh, from the BBC News, and this was Wednesday, dog infected with monkeypox prompts isolation warning. And it says a dog has been infected with monkeypox after catching the virus from its owner. And this is the World Health Organization has said this. And it's the first case of its kind. Now, you know, for it to be in media like this and a trending topic, and then to be that we have experienced something like this before, I think this is a great opportunity to apply the things that we've learned from COVID and apply those things um, to this virus so we can be ahead of whatever is happening here. Now, and, and it's concerning for me because, you know, I have family and myself included. We go to gyms, we go to church, we go to the grocery store, we go to work. And and, you know, we, we go places where other people are. People touch everything we, you know, everything that we have in our possession is touched by someone else. You don't get nothing fresh off the assembly line without it having been touched by another person. And it's looking like this thing is activated by some type of touch. Now, with the CDC loosening up this, like, well, we don't have to be six feet no more. And you you don't have to um, um, be isolated for the time frame of um, um, quarantine. And then saying, OK, well, you don't have to do this. But this other thing now has presented itself to us. And it is called monkeypox. Now, I've heard... Um, that this virus can also cause blindness and and you know and I'm sure there are other um, things that this virus can cause that you don't want to happen to you or a family member or a friend I saw one article where this guy's nose was just completely gone 
because of this virus that is called monkeypox. He contracted it. Now, the way people are reverting back to carelessness by, you know, not washing your hands, not wearing your mask. Um, the young lady from Georgia, she was like, I think people should still wear their mask because where she got this, um, contracted this thing on her face, it's where the area where you, you should be wearing your mask at. And these precautions that we've learned from COVID, we need to apply it here as well. And also in containing this thing, these people who are reporting that they are infected by this virus, where are you keeping these people? Because you're not saying they need the quarantine. Well, I think they, I, I haven't heard anything about quarantining for a certain amount of time, which I, I believe they should be quarantined. And there's need to be some more information about well, when they get done quarantine, quarantining, where are they going after that? Where are they allowed to go when this thing is on their body? Um, because I don't think this is something that we should sweep under the rug because we've already built up a tolerance for a pandemic or thinking, oh, we built up this tolerance We've gotten this low, um, below this traumatic hit. Anything else comes, we'll be all right. I think we should still learn from what we've experienced from COVID. Take heed to this virus because viruses, we, they, they are not dying these they're not saying okay we got the virus we done killed them all out the air everything all the viruses that's in the air and that's on the ground we have killed them no they're not saying that the viruses are still in the air they are still on surfaces they they are still around they just we're just um building up antibodies and we're our bodies are getting vaccines to avoid being um plagued with them but they're still around if an alien species came down here and was um their their bodies and they weren't immune to anything they get here they probably gonna catch all the type of viruses that we got on this planet because there are plenty we've had black plagues polio and then there's there's cases of polio that are resurfacing and these plagues, I mean, these um, viruses, they're still around. They're not gone. We just blessed enough to have been protected from them. But think about this. If there is you or somebody you know close whose body were, was not able to combat these viruses, or even a baby, like your baby hasn't had any of the vaccines ever. And this 
thing. These viruses are all over the world, all over the place, in the air, on the surfaces. You wouldn't want your child touching nothing. You would want to protect them as much as you possibly could. You, then you would teach them how to wash their hands, how to when you get your packages. Because um, I had to learn this from Lynette, like washing, um, using Lysol and spraying everything that comes from the outside and everything that we go from the, from the grocery store, spraying it and making sure that it is, um, you know, um, not contaminated with viruses just in a, as a precaution so it won't spread um, or it won't infect us. Yes, we don't know when things are going to go south, but at least we can be aware, responsible with our health and we can and, and being responsible, we can limit the spread by isolating the certain people who has contracted it and making sure these things are contained so they won't spread. Giving more information to the world on, hey, let's be cautious, everyone. Still do your part washing your hands, using your disinfectant spray, keeping your mask on. It's possibly you would have to wear gloves. The woman was saying, wear long sleeves. Like she is really believing that this thing is going to be happening with touch. And it's not being afraid of it. It's just getting a, being responsible with um, how things are spread in, in the world because we went through a pandemic already. It shouldn't make, it shouldn't be food twice. That's what I'm, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Don't be fooled two times. You know, you first time it, it swept us. We didn't know what the freak hit us. Now this time, you know what's happening. You know what's, what the, where this thing is coming from, what, what, it, what it causes. And just because you're not experiencing people who are dying from it, that doesn't mean that they're not infected. Their immune system is, isn't breaking down for the, whatever else is coming. Because there are some newscasts that say, oh, they have, they're, this virus may be, not be different than the next one. they like, it's the next one coming. And... What's his name? Um, the the tech guy, um, Bill Gates. He informed. He consciously informed us all of there were there was possibly another virus going to take place. Be prepared. Um, be responsible. Don't be all up on people. You know for no reason like why if somebody you don't know why would you want to be a hand's length from their face or from their body why are you that close if you're not even just giving a, a hug or a greeting to somebody 
Why are you wanting to be that close to anybody? And after two years of learning what six feet apart meant, you know, soon as that's lifted, you're like all in somebody else's space. Why are you trying to touch people, you know, who are not your loved ones or they're not your close friends and you're not able to um, spread energy, good energy with? These are strange strangers and you just touching them and then stop um, making this because it, it seems like we're living in a separatist society where every thing that comes to play is because this group did it or that group did it. This thing is affecting humanity we are humans and you know everyone has brains everyone has organs everyone has skin everyone has a soul and they all can be affected in certain ways and plagued by certain things think of it that way not a separatist thing you know because y'all talking about like First, the AIDS virus has came through and it was gay people giving the AIDS virus. And but then turn around, everybody was getting it. And so that was a virus that have learned from it. Learning from it should allow you to learn those lessons and apply them to this things. I don't know how this is going to pan out. Um, this monkeypox virus, but I'm thinking that come the next update, the case is going to have been rose, rose high. And then, you know, those people who go to gyms, um, you know, you spray, spray yourself down, like, you know, take care of yourself. If you, because everybody use the gyms, I think that stuff you got to get you some Lysol. Take that with you if you that's what you necessarily have to use the gym. I'm not saying be in a big bubble and don't go nowhere. I'm saying take the necessary precautions. It's okay to be in public, and if you got a little spray bottle and you want to spray it on the the um, the items that you get in before you pick it up and check it out, hey, do that. You know, because you're protecting you and your family. And not only that, you are protecting others. These masks and these hands, the, um, gloves and things, they, most people are saying they was for to protect other people away from the illness, not protect themselves. So, you know, take these precautions, pay attention to these numbers. Um, I don't know about these vaccines with it. I don't, I don't know how effective they are. Because what I've heard, you got to take two um, of these vaccines before it to actually protect you. And also, they're talking about these people going to these parties and these, the, you know, the, how these events became a thing after the pandemic. And everybody letting up stuff, and we are going to all of these events and going to all these places that's causing people to touch one another again being real close you all be safe 
and and tell your children as well. Be responsible with your safety. Yes, you may feel invincible at a certain age, but be responsible with your power of invincibility that you feel. So what you feel invincible, yeah, I'm gonna be good, but I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna spray here and there. I'm gonna make sure um, I'm going to learn a habit of using the hand sanitizer after certain things. And it gets a little um, tedious at times because, you know, I, I am also working on this as well to just use hand sanitizer as much as I can when I get done touching one surface to another one. Because because we, we do we touch stuff and then we turn around and touch our faces. They taught us this. That, that they the pandemic before this taught us to do these things don't just stop doing it because okay we we are right some people haven't still haven't taken the other vaccines and it's still out there people are still getting sick but you know you we all are under grace and that's we are under grace we know that some of us are very fortunate to not have contracted these viruses but do us all a favor by being responsible with your hygiene and how you touching things and how you spraying things and if you are catching this thing as being and in, in being sexually active you know you know how they used to say know your status and all that you know start knowing what's going on, checking things out like, hey, this thing is going on over here. Have you been concerned about it? Talk about it. You know, talk about, hey, this thing is happening no matter what's your sexual orientation. Communicate about it. Show your concern about it. Show your love for the other person and not just being like careless. And that's my take on that. That's that's all I have to say. All right. So my next plague, domestic plague that I think is plaguing our world, is the takeover of artificial intelligence. Now, I love sci-fi i love scientific stuff hey i have a um associates of science degree you know i I love the technologies and the advancements in the technology but sometimes these advancements can seem pretty scary and i think artificial intelligence can seem scary because of the amount of like movies that has um, made artificial intelligence seem like they are going to destroy us. Hence Terminator, hence the matrix. Like, and it's all about these machines. I robot Hollywood has given us this narrative that artificial intelligence can turn on us. And we've seen it. I'm sure a few of us 
have seen movies where these robots have turned bad on us. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to talk more about what I think we can do to alleviate this fear of, of artificial intelligence and the advancement of these technologies, because we as humanity, we're always advancing. You know, can you imagine the first, uh, I'm going to start off with the calculator and, you know, people were adding, subtracting, multiplying based on what the, those who designed those, um, mathematic equations to do by head, by their, by in their mind. But then there is this calculator and they, they, they built the calculator. It's a computer and this calculator was now able to compute the numbers without it using a lot of your brain power to do it. It was a tool that helped you find the answer and find it faster than it would have taken. And or other technologies that like um, just the computer in general. Or let me just go even back with this technology. We were writing with our hands first. And I, I know it wasn't first because most people, you know, we probably were saying we was writing with rocks or or, or a freaking um, limb or something on a, on a, but I'm starting off with the paper and writing with ink and pencil on paper. But then somebody thought about the typewriter and the typewriter allowed you to type instead of writing using your writing muscles, you're still using your hands, but put this in a way to where it would be legible and you are able to see these words on paper from the typewriter. And we advanced each, you know, we just, we just kept advancing. We keep on advancing and we advancing in things because somebody has, and this is my opinion, somebody saw a need, they saw a problem and they said, hey, I no longer wanted to do it this way. This way is really difficult for me to do it. Let me see if there is another way, a more efficient way to do this. And, you know, and so now as these scientists are looking for ways to utilize computers, it's coming into play to where they like, okay, artificial intelligence is a solution to a few problems that we have just like with, um, okay, well, let me just go here and let me go ahead and read, um, it's from now associations and the link will be in the descriptions. It says, get comfortable with artificial intelligence, harness the power of AI to direct to derive greater efficiencies now and reap the benefits as technology evolves into the future. Now, 
I think people, the problem is, are these artificial intelligence um, technology, are they going to take over the world where taking people's jobs? Um, and I think that's one of the biggest concern. Are computers going to eliminate people's jobs? It's going to just diminish the um, the workforce and, and take the human qualities out of the world. My answer to this and what I believe, yes, they are going to take a lot of the workload away from humans. And that is the fear that I think is happening when it comes to this artificial intelligence. Yes, they are going to do the things that humans know how to do but humans are not doing them efficiently. Uh, uh, they're not putting their best effort into serving humanity with the skills that they have, but the computers are going to do them without complaint. They are going to be put in place in areas where humans aren't, um, they, the humans are strong, but they're not, um, excuse me, they're not, um, what is the word? They, 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 where humans lack, these computers are going to be in place. And I'm gonna say this, the major one for me is, when it, I know this is probably where they're going to start, where it comes to like um, he, uh, healing people or being doctors. And doctors have to go to these through these schools for like 10 years, 15 years to get to be a doctor in the health care field. And they do surgeries and if you look at it and looking at throughout history, um, there are a lot of human errors when it comes to the things in the healthcare system. There, these um, human errors, misdiagnosis are happening, not paying attention, uh, being attentive to the patients are not happening. Um, just th allowing illnesses and symptoms to go under the radar because the patient don't actually know how to explain what they're going through. And the doctors are just, you know, they, they saying, well, you're not actually telling me what's wrong with you. And they miss missing the problems. Artificial intelligence is in my opinion, to de design 
to eliminate these areas to do exactly what it's supposed to do. If it is supposed to find cancer in the body and, and look up these symptoms and scan the body properly based on just the scan itself, these devices um, are designed to do that. And now I'm not saying that this is, oh, this is a good thing to do. I'm saying the fear of these artificial intelligence taking place and taking over the world, taking the jobs and replacing humans, we can eliminate that if we, just like what I'm talking about with these, these viruses, if we start taking responsibility in our workforces, if we start taking more uh, pride in being a, 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 whether you are in a doctoral field and you're like, hey, I want to cover all my bases and I want to be attentive to patients. If you're talking about, oh, they're going to take our trucking um, jobs away and they're going to be driving the cars. Well, all of these accidents and car accidents and these truck accidents that are happening based on human carelessnesses and human error and based on not checking your your car out before you're driving it. These artificial intelligence are designed to eliminate most of these human areas, errors. Now, and I'm not saying it's going to be um, 100% perfect, but it's going to, you know, um, keep a lot of the errors down if we don't want these things, even in, in um, service industry. You got these robots now serving you food and it's going to give you exactly what you asked for in the time that you want it to be out to you. It's going to be put the way that is, you know, that is shown. You're not going to be missing ketchup or you're not going to be missing the cheese or it's not going to be. Um, if you're vegan, it's not going to give you something that's non-vegan because it is designed to eliminate human errors. If you don't want these artificial intelligent things to take over, start taking more pride in your world. Um, the scientists, I, I'm sure... Most people who are creatives, they're scientists, they are trying to make the world a better place. And these are humans are saying, hey, we want to make the world a better place. Why are we wanting to make the world a better place? It's a lot of errors happening. If in your construction site, you are building these these bridges or these buildings and these are built by humans, but these buildings are falling down because of some wind over a certain amount of years, human error in, in the, the person and the technologies, artificial intelligence technology is saying, Hey, computer, 
build this structure this way efficiently use the calculations in the exact calculations that has been said no cutting corners if you want if now you can either you allow these technologies to come into play and then take jobs in the engineering field to be the pilot of these artificial intelligent um, computers or you can start studying your career field more, taking more pride in your service industry, taking more pride in how you work at the teller of the bank. Start taking more pride in how you do the paperwork as a teacher. Start taking more pride as you, um, you know, you work in as a receptionist and, and you are, you know, you, 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 are responsible by making sure the appointments are set properly and you paying attention to the detail into the job that you're doing and you're just not working just to make money. Well, we, we got to work to make money, but you know, it's not just, oh, I'm working to make money. You know, you are in this position to make things better for other people because you're serving other people and you take pride or these machines are going to do it for you. And, and you can be like, well, this machine doing it for me. I can now do something else. I can now say, hey, well, let me go in and be innovative. Or let me go and be a creative or, you know. Now, I don't know how this is going to affect the world when it comes to economics and how monetary things are going to happen. Cause I don't think having these artificial intelligence here, our cost of living stuff should go up. I think our cost of living and things should go completely down after that. And, and everything would be automated. And yes, people, you know, most of the things that we have and we utilize today, they have been designed to make things better for us. And some of the things, frankly, has made us a little, I'm gonna try to speak to myself. It's, it's, it can make me lazy at times when you have this tool and hey, you know, this tool will do it for me, but that's what it's designed for. It's designed so you can preserve yourself a little longer. You think about a machine that's able to dig a pool. You know, you're about to put a pool in your backyard. You can use a shovel. Hey, you can use your hands if you want to. But how long is it going to take you to dig that hole up? But then you got this device a bulldozer come in and just scoops it up in two hours and you got your hole for your pool. Yeah, you can lay the cement down, but you know, you can put it in the bag and, and you know, put the straw in there yourself, but up, well, you got this machine that just backs up into it, lay the cement down and it is there ready, ready for you. These artificial intelligent beings, and I'm saying beings because, uh, there are some artificial intelligence that 
they do seem a little creepy. Um, and the scientists are, you know, they, their exper- experiments are like radical because I've seen this one experiment where this snake, they gave the snake legs. <laughs> Now, I don't know what the purpose of giving a snake legs, and I'll put that in the description box so you can see it, but, you know, you're giving a snake legs, I guess, for fun. And this snake was actually just walking with these legs, these robotic legs on their own when a snake is designed how it is. So I think they do be radical with it all. It's with most of it, not most of it, but some of it. But if it's designed to solve labor issues or or solve human errors, I see it being utilized well if we're utilizing it for human errors and to reduce the human errors. If we as humans rise up our standards because think about how many complaints you have right now by something that's this some type of customer service issue and it's a human issue some type of person that just did not do the job like you wanted them to do you said come in here and fix the toilet they came in here and they said they fixed it and then two days later it's still leaking because they have did it and they didn't actually want to do it because they because they dealing with some type of emotional thing of their life in their in their mind. And they're not understanding that they are doing a job that they said they wanted to do and they're paid for this job to do. And they have doing it. If we don't want this artificial intelligence to take over, we have to stop half doing our task, have doing our jobs. And I'm saying the same thing too, because even in the music industry, artificial intelligence are making songs. Artificial intelligence are making, are are drawing paintings now. Even writing articles, they have these artificial intelligent robots who are now writing articles for us. There are articles out there now that you probably wouldn't know the difference, whether a human wrote them or an AI wrote them. They also have artificial intelligence who are making YouTube videos and you don't even know if the uh, being person that's behind that camera is a human or a and AI and you know and it is and it's getting pretty like um it can get scary at times when you just don't know what is what but if we as humans start taking more responsibility with our crafts start taking more responsibility with our jobs and our tasks if we choose the job you chose the job to do you do the job the best of your ability hey it does tells us that the jobs and even in the bible are designed for us to earn a living and if that's a job that you have went for and you've been given 
take their pride in it and do it as efficient, efficiently, do it as well as you possibly can with the pride that you know, hey, this is something that needs to be done well by the skills that you have and put and apply to do it. You should know everything back and forth about your computer. If you work in this thing where you have to use the computer, you're like, okay, I need to know everything back and forth, what I can do and how I can use this tool to the best of my ability. If you in that field, you should know it. And then employers should, uh, should train people to know their tools. All of them. If it's there, if you don't want the artificial intelligence, because the artificial intelligence are, is going to learn everything there is about that tool to get that job done and utilize that. Humans, we can do the same thing. If you in in employers and you had these trainers, train the person because train the person to do the job well, to do it properly, and and so and then make sure they're taking pride don't let them loose until you know they're going to be efficient at it because the person who's programming these ai they are going to program them the way that people want them done people when it comes to customer service they're going to want these things done well everybody wants things done well nobody wants their house to be built halfway nobody wants their car to be driving and you take it to a mechanic and they, they don't want it to be six months later. And it's like, oh, now it's something else it, done with it. And the, and the computer turn around and say, hey, we're looking at it. We see this thing and this is what's happening to it. Fix it all now. Do we want human errors to be at a minimum? Because people, if you people, it's causing a lot of stress on our planet when things are aren't being um done well now you just got people you, you know this terminology quiet quitting is coming out even though it's just like okay you're working your full hours or whatever you ain't ain't no machine gonna be complaining about no quiet quitting the machine is going to do the job it's going to get it done and if that is something that you're worried about Start doing your job properly. Start, you know, start, find the career where you really want to be in. Because it's going to force people to find out what it actually is that they want to do in this life. That's what I hold take on it. And it's here. It's, it's not going anywhere. We are continually evolving. I think complaints start happening when it's affected us in a way we can't catch up. We can't stay with it. Like these algorithms on social media, you're like, oh my goodness, this algorithm is doing this right here. And I don't know how to um, participate in it because it's outsmarting me. Learn it, you know, become your own algorithm. Like, no, this is my algorithm on how I do things. This is how I adapt to this thing right here and, and utilize the brain in a more efficient way because I believe God has given us the capacity to utilize our minds. God has given us power that we all have access to if tapped into. 
Can you imagine being told that you can move a mountain? All you got to do is tell it to move and it moves out of the way. That is a power that's given to you when you believe and when you have, uh, when you believe and when you take the action to do that and do it exactly how you were told to do it. If you don't want these artificial intelligence to take over everything, Hey, that means humanity needs to advance. Our minds need to evolve. We need to utilize our information, our books, and and study our crafts. And these are crafts. We need to get into them deeply so we won't have that issue with it. Hey, you see these um, AI coming? Study them. Study them like like on... um, hidden figures where they brought this computer in and the lady, I I don't know her name and it's important, but you can look for it, look at it yourself. She studied the book of the machine. These they like, okay, let me study the book of the machine and see how to work this machine. And then she was put herself in a position to teach others how to work the machine because she took pride in learning what the machine do. Learn what these machines do, you know, learn how it's going to help you if you don't want them to take over so you can know how to be a programmer. You can learn how to be, um, how to positively utilize this new technology to better assist you in life. Cause they're here to stay. They. All right. All right. All right. I got one more. I got one more. And it's this topic is we got a a gun virus. That's what I'm calling it. It's it's a lot of killings and shootings happening in our world. You know, it's even talking about artificial intelligence um, coming into play. Like these shootings and these things that are happening by these guns, to me, it's really getting out of hand. And I'm sure we've known, we've had guns for centuries. And come to think about it, when you look at these old movies, Western movies and everything, guns took out the Native Americans, most of them. You know, it was just like these weapons were, are, are very destructive. And I like I was talking about tools of the artificial intelligence. These are tools as well. Now, what are the guns designed for? Are, are they, were they designed to, well, I mean, apparently they're designed to kill, just like the sword, sword was. Before the sword, I think there may have been spears or rocks or something to throw and to keep something away. But I, now that I'm putting it in my mind and feeling it out. I think these weapons were either designed to hunt food, 
you know, because if you're just thinking about it, it, it would be hard to, if they want people wanted to eat a bear or, or a buffalo or cow, whatever back then, how were they going to grab this and kill it unless they did it with their bare hands to eat? I, I am still assuming that it really wasn't to kill each other first. But, you know, you look at the Bible, there's plenty of wars happening in the Bible. And it, it's, it's a lot of things that happen. But these guns, and, and I say a lot of things that happen in the Bible when it comes to wars and what the weapons were designed for, like protecting tribes, protecting you know, they designed for protecting away from harm and danger, not to not designed, in my opinion, to be utilized to overthrow. And when they become utilized to overthrow things, it's becoming a problem when it's being utilized to have fear to place fear on people is becoming a problem if it's designed to protect it needs to be used as a protective tool now i got a question um for you like why do you think people what are people protecting themselves from when they get in these guns? When they get in these guns, what are they really protecting themselves from? Some may say, oh, I'm protecting my house from an intruder. I'm protecting my home from a robber or invasion. And that's why you have these guns in your possession now it says a lot about humanity if we are in a space where we're not protecting ourselves from wars we're protecting ourselves from other humans like we are intruding in our homes and that's to me very concerning yeah i see if you experience someone breaking into your home and they coming in and they 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 robbing you that is also a negative way people are utilizing these weapons because usually they're not coming in your home unless they have a weapon like a gun and this is a huge problem to me. This, uh, this, hold on, this gun problem. Hold on, let me um, show you that what's happening with this gun violence. All right, let's show you. So I'm going to read this gun violence um, from the gun violence archive. And as of August 21st, how many gun violent deaths there has been? And 
in the United States. And there has been 28,359 deaths by gun. And by homicide, murder, and unintentional, it has been 12,981. And by suicide, by suicide, it's way more. It's 15,378 who has died from a gun in by suicide. Now, this, I, why I call it a virus, these numbers are the same, they, they're being counted the same way these virus numbers are being counted. And they are plaguing us one by one. People are dying in schools because somebody is bringing a gun and shooting children. The protocols for these people having these guns is way out of control. Now, what is your purpose for having them? How much fear do you have to have in your life to want to have a have a gun to if it's not for protecting if this is not designed for protecting and it's is you don't have it in your possession because there is outside forces that threaten to harm you and your family so you have this weapon there for that protection and you know it for a definite who this outside force is. This outside force, they have an army of weapons as well and they're coming in and we know that they're coming in to overthrow us. I don't think it's necessary to have them. Your, how many of us have that many enemies? Like. Like for 12,000 people to have done gun violence, that's enemies. Like that's, that's, if you were to go into war and you send 50,000 troops to go into battle and they come back and they're going to tell you, oh, um, how many, 15,000 of those. No, let me, let me. 28,000 of those 50,000 troops has died and the enemies killed them. So these, these, um, this amount of enemies are out there with these guns and, and it's, it's sad to me that these people are dying from gun violence. And I, my solution to it is for one, um, I want to read something too before I even go there. Uh, this is 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 really. Ohio governor signs. This is from CNBC, by the way. Ohio governor signs bill making it easier for teachers to have guns in school. 
Ohio Governor Mike DeWine said Monday that he has signed a bill into law that makes it much easier for teachers to legally carry guns in school. The measure drastically reduces the amount of training teachers and other staff are required to undergo before they can possess a firearm on school grounds. Instead of 700 hours of training, teachers will be able to finish in less than 24 hours. This is a problem to me. Even when you're in the military, you have to have gun training. You have to be trained with the weapon. But now to give, now to see how much access and how much less training a person have to have to have a weapon, that's concerning. And then they're in schools. There's another article I were, read in South Carolina about them having AR-15s and they placing them in the schools and in, in these schools. Now, I was talking about enemies. Who is our enemies? Um, when it comes to raging war against something else. What enemies are we having out there to where we are going to have to start utilizing guns? Because if you arm the whole United States of America, um, I do believe then if we were to rage war, everybody will have their rights to bear arms, of course, and we all should be able to come together and win a war because we all will have a weapon to do so. We were all there saying, hey, we have these weapons to protect our country. But we around here protecting ourselves from each other. We're protecting ourselves from another person that's an American person that is here because we don't know how these people are going to respond. Now, it's a sensitive t topic to me because you just never know what's going to happen. You don't know who your enemy is because a lot of the times, whether or not you understand, uh, you know, me being Christian and me being um, a believer in Christ and believing that there is also a devil as well. That is your enemy. That's how I see it. And excuse me. And of course, we're raging this war as Christians against our adversary, the devil. You're putting these weapons and controlling it yourselves in your schools. And I'm, I'm saying our schools. You know how I said in the beginning of my podcast where I wanted to pray. You know, the first podcast, I like, I want to pray because in schools, I remember as a child, that's what we did. We prayed before class. You've taken all of that out of the schools. You've taken, taken the protection, spiritual protections, if you believe in that, out of the schools. So now you're placing manly Man protection into schools. Now you protect, now you're placing man protection into your own homes. You know, even going to church in this past, this Sunday, 
and hearing the decline of, you know, how much people are believing in Christ and believing in God and where that's leading us. This is me even thinking about it now. Before we get to this point where these guns and things were a problem, the most times you heard about a lot of gun violence because we was in wars. You know, and, and a lot of us were in church. A lot of us were still, um, we were okay with having God in our churches and things. I mean, in our schools. Now we're taking matters in protecting ourselves against an enemy that's just like we are. And you're not utilizing your tools for what they're for. Once another solution I have, if people are going to get them a gun, one thing is there should be a training for it. There should be a psych training. These backgrounds for mental health issues should be, they should be screened. You should have this background check. Don't only need to see whether you have felonies or not. You need to see if you have some type of psycho, um, um, psychological evaluation before you get these weapons. How many um, episodes of anger and rage have you had? What is your history? What is your therapist? It needs to be some type of gun therapist, you know, <laughs> like how, how have this person reacted to conflict before giving people these weapons? And I say like, hey, well, give them a, they want to buy a weapon. All right, everybody that want to buy one should go through this month long um, training. And it, and it includes this uh, therapy session with it. It includes how to utilize the weapon how to safely store the weapon. Everybody has to have their, you know, just like you, this, this safe for it, you, everything need to be put in place. Your intentions behind having the weapon and it has to make sense either based on where you are. Why are you, the question they're saying, why are you getting this weapon? I'm getting this weapon to protect my family or this a weapon of hunting. I am hunting game, which I don't think hunting anymore. I know it's a sport, but you know, I don't know what that does for people, you know, wanting to go out there and hunt animals. And, you know, when you have it, we already producing food of that much. Now we weren't producing food the way we are. All right, everybody, you hunting for yourself. Okay, we got to have the guns to hunt the, the food. But if you ain't hunting, it, it's not necessary. But anyway, these, this month-long or 60-day training before giving out this weapon, the people who sell the weapons... They need to have some type of training to evaluate the person that they are 
selling the weapons to as well. They need to be conscious because they are also, you know, just like I'm talking with AI, human errors. You know, you are presenting this person coming to you and they look in a certain way, but you don't want to judge them in the first place of why they're getting this weapon. But you're not utilizing your skills and your your questionnaire skills because they want something from you. You selling the guns. Get the guns. The person that wants to buy the guns have some type of screening for yourselves. Everybody should be trained on how to sell these weapons and knowing how to screen your customers before you hand them off. Because can you imagine being the person? Well, I don't know how you all would feel. If you, you are the person that sold the gun and your gun is the person, the gun that you sold, that you made your commission off of was the one that caused the massacre. And you, your, your product that you sold from your shop killed children. You know, and, and, and you just like, well, I thought that person was all right. You all who are selling them, I think, should have a better training system there. Some type of um, a relationship there with the, with the people that you're selling the guns to. Manufacturers. You know, I, I don't know why you are producing so many. You know, why, why you, if, if you did not even produce the weapons and it was only designed to produce the weapons because our military needs these weapons to protect our country, I get it. But you're producing these weapons for gain, for profit. And your blood is on them as well. Yes, you're, you, you made them and you're supporting your family and you're supporting yourself because this is the career that you chose. You want to be a gunsmith and you know as a gunsmith it is profitable. So now you're selling these guns to people and they're shooting whomever you don't you don't really even care whom they shoot who they shoot i mean it's it's a little responsibility there for you all as well to i i'm i'm guessing the amount that you're producing it's it's just needs to come down because apparently you're producing enough. And law enforcement, when you all are confiscating these guns, you know, after you all are taking these guns from these people who has committed these things, I need to, I, I probably need to research what you all are doing with it. Are they going right back into circulation? Are you all not uh, destroying these weapons that has bodies on them? Because if you aren't, they, that same, to me, that same energy and that same spirit are on the weapons that killed the people. And so they're just going back in the circulation. And the person who bought the gun not realizing, hey, you know, this gun right here killed 
X amount of people. So I'm, I'm hoping the people who are compensating these weapons, you all have destroyed these weapons that killed people. But yeah, those are my solutions to their problems. Psych advice evaluations before selling these weapons to people. Have these at least 30 days to 45 days of training before giving them away. Um, and I think also I'm adding this to it. Those, the military, the law enforcement, security, those people who are in those type of fields are the ones. Okay, well, let me take that back. Because there are countries who don't have lethal, um, they, don't, they don't use lethal force to correct their, the law enforcement don't use it. I mean, because that's still raging war on your enemy, and apparently your enemy is the people. So I'm going to have to come back to that to really dive into a, a solution to whether or not law enforcement and security should have lethal weapons, you know, in order to protect people. Because if these weapons are getting out, they're being sold in places and, you know, they're, they're there. And if they're getting out, yeah, yeah, that's something I'm going to have to dive into because it's a, it's really a huge, to me, it's a huge subject of well, all of this gun violence and this viruses of these weapons happening, happening. And then I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wow, yeah, it's a lot of factors into this thing, why this stuff is happening. And it's a lot of responsible, it, it, it's a lot of people who aren't being responsible with these tools that we have that are designed to hunt or protect us. Yeah, so that's my take on that. And yeah, yeah, that, that's my take on that. I clapped that out. But um, yeah, this concludes the Urban Solutionist podcast. Um, make sure you all um, follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Um, become a listener here on um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave me a review on how you feel about the show. Leave me a voice message on anything that you want to talk about now or in the future. Um, thank you so much for staying with me this long during the podcast. I really appreciate it. This show number two. And um, I'm grateful to continue to do this and to present to present my take and my solution for trending topics around. Thank you for tuning in to the Urban Solutionist podcast with your host, Kenneth, the Phenomenal Hawk Massey. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to the author and its guests. 
Any content provided are opinions and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Join in on the conversation using Twitter and Instagram. Twitter at Urban Soul Podcast. That's at U-R-B-A-N-S-O-L Podcast. And Instagram at Urban Solutionist Podcast. Do you have a problem you'd like addressed on the show? Then leave us a voice message. Until next time, remember, Urban Solutionist, your source for closure and peace of mind.